start. Sooners of Oklahoma, 12-0, and still looking for respect nationwide. What's going on, Sooner Nation? It's Mackie. Ten thoughts. Going into KU week. Uh, finishing up a hard-fought win against UCF. I feel like there are some things we left on the table. I feel like there's some areas we need to continue to improve. But gosh dang it, 7-0 found a way to win the game, right? It's all about winning events. I promise you guys, come November, you ain't going to be thinking about why we won by two points and, you know, what happened in the third quarter of the UCF game. You know what we're going to do? We're just going to throw up that dub because we got the victory. I want to go into 10 thoughts of what I'm thinking about today. Going into this, guys, I think it's the biggest game left on the schedule. OSU obviously looks much improved. I just don't have a lot of respect for our redhead little brothers, you know what I'm saying? And I really think we're going to be in good shape against those guys. I think the things we do well is a good matchup against them. Whereas KU, especially if Daniels is healthy, could be problematic. Let's dive right in. Um, you know what I'm saying? I'm excited to get this back rocking and rolling back on the pod. I haven't done this on the pod for a long time. I think I think we posted one or two this season. We're doing it the rest of the season. I'm committed to doing it. You guys have asked for it. I got your back. Ten thoughts. Number one, I'm going to start with the Q. Uh, guys, Dylan Gabriel is officially the catalyst of the offense. I don't want anyone else talk about him being just the point guard, him being just an ancillary piece of the team. It's just not the case anymore. Is he the best quarterback in America? No. The most talented quarterback we've had in the last four or five years? No. But he's the catalyst. He is the person making the plays happen now, right? You guys got to think about it. Like, it's not like Levy is calling the best game plans and on third down, we just have guys, dudes running open. It's not like, right, we've schemed teams up so well that the run game and the pass game and the action off of it is just sub-supreme. That's not a word, right? Sub-supreme and just so, so much better than everything else. That's not happening, guys. We are dialing up plays on third and medium and third and long. And Dylan's saying, hey, Drake, I trust you, right? Hey, Farouk, I trust you. Right. In some instances, hey, Anderson, I trust you. Go win. I'm going to deliver the ball where it needs to go. And that was the case against Texas. When we made those big plays, when we came back in the last minute and a half, that was the case against UCF. Right. Gibson goes down. By the way, does him a huge favor. Shout out to Barry for uh, saying that was a gorilla nuts play. Gibson goes down and gets a ball he has no business catching. Being a guy that tall and sinking literally three to four inches above the grass to pull that thing in on a third down, that's a big catch. But I got to tell you, that is a catch that a receiver makes because he has confidence in his quarterback. He wants to make a play for his quarterback. Catalyst. Uh, uh, Drake has two huge catches on third down when we just need to possess the ball, right? We want to possess the ball, keep the ball away from their offense. Um... And those are those are catches that Dylan just didn't make those throws last season. By the way, he didn't make some of those throws earlier this season. This season, I used to always say, if coach doesn't dial up the perfect play, 
Dylan isn't making the throw. Dylan's making the throws now, and that's confidence. He's mentally confident that he deserves to win, and you can see that happening. Shout out to a quarterback. Um, I'm, I'm just going to cheerlead for the guy. That's our guy this year. I'm not going to complain and talk a whole bunch of smack about what he could do better or what the puppy could do. Nope. That's our guy. Let's rock with him. He's earned it. I told you guys after Texas, I will make my assessments, and I'm impressed. I'm thankful to have him. He's, got, he's up for the Heisman. He's literally in the top five, probably in the top three. Salute to him. Running backs. We learned something Saturday. We learned something Saturday. Sachuk got a chance to get some carries. By the way, I felt like during the game, there were plays that I wish he had ha gotten that Major got the ball in. It felt like they would put him in and he might get one or two opportunities to run. And they put Major in and Major would get a ton of opportunities to run. But... Chuck got a crease and exploded through the hole. By the way, he looked quick to me. I saw that acceleration. He's actually jogging, trying to figure out if he should score, which was kind of smart. I understood that, but we needed the points. We needed to put the game in a position where we had no chance of losing. Um, but I, I felt good about what Sachuk did. I heard uh, does. I heard about Tawi, and he he was in trouble or whatever, serving some type of punishment. Um, we need him back. But to me, the pecking order of running back is very clearly Sachuk and Tawi as the uh, thunder and lightning with Majors giving those guys a blow. By the way, Majors does not suck. He's not terrible, but he's not your feature running back. He's He's got to give us more with the opportunities he's given and provided. How many times did we see the UCF running backs have guys had him dead to right and he made a miss? He juked him. He, he beat him with speed. You know, he had vision to go where they weren't. That's part of the job of a running back. A running back is supposed to run the daylight, make people miss and be physical, right? I feel like Sawchuck is, is, I think he's earned the right to get some more snaps. I think Tawi this season is consistently the best running back we have. And I think major in a role where he's getting six, you know, six to seven, eight carries a game, a couple catches out of the backfield, second, third quarter as a change of pace guy who's coming in with a lot of energy and fresh. That could be a position where he could be more effective. He just hasn't been consistently effective enough at the University of Oklahoma at the running back position. Give me Sachuk, Tawi as his as his thunder, and then let me have Majors uh, mixing it up with those guys. I also would like to see a dark horse and maybe what Smothers and Hicks has to offer. Maybe they're not ready. Maybe they don't have the blocking assignments down yet. But we we need a dynamic playmaker in the backfield, and and it's time for those guys to step up. Sachuk showed us a glimpse. The offensive line uh, talked about this um, for a long period of time on our post-game pod. But guys, if you watch the film, our guys struggle with zone concepts. They've struggled. We have three guys to block their zero technique. And one guy said, oh, he's outside of me. The other guy said, oh, he's inside of me. And the third guy says, he's not close enough to me. And they all climb to the second level and he's standing there tackling majors on a third and short. And then the fourth quarter came. And it looked to me like Levy said, enough of this, or maybe Beatonbow said, enough of this. And they said, hey, dude, we're just going to man block. We've got bigger, more athletic dudes. We're going to take our guys and say, hey, block down, block down. If you're uncovered, go to the second level. We're going to take our tight end. We're going to take him off the line of scrimmage. He's going to become a sniffer where we can put him in motion where we want to and let him go block as well. And lo and behold, I think we have our best rushing quarter of the year when we simply go to man concepts. 
I'm looking at Everett. He's a mountain of a man. Rouse, a mountain of a man. Uh, 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 Guyton, a mountain of a man. By the way, Raym is no longer a little dude. He's been in the program three or four years. He's a bigger guy, right? Green is a huge true freshman. Bird in there getting some confidence when he knows exactly who to go get. This is an offensive line based upon my honest assessment who needs to man block. They need to run more man concepts or more block down concepts where it's very easy. Hat on, right? Hat on, hat over, block down, right? Uncovered, double team, second level. That's a much easier concept than trying to everybody step and trying to anticipate what's going to happen. Our guys just haven't, seven games into the season, we haven't had success doing it. But we know we have talent because, number one, they're one of the best in America at, at pass blocking. One of the best in America, right? And and Dylan does them some favors with his pocket awareness. He's gotten much better this season. Uh, but we consistently block well in the pass game. And by the way, and for some teams, it's harder to pass protect. Okay? So we've got the talent there. I think schematically, I think Levy had an epiphany and is going to make some adjustments. Uh, receiver receiver was an interesting day, an interesting game. Um, you know, I was saying early in the year, man, this crew can compete with some of the best of yesteryear. I don't know that, that we're there anymore. Anthony's a huge loss. Uh, but salute to Farouk and salute to Drake. And, you know, I'm looking forward to my steak dinner, assuming Anderson continues to score his touchdowns. But, like, guys are stepping up. I like to see the nuts. I, I both... Uh, 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 our gorilla nut players on offense were receivers. Those guys are playing kind of grimy. And and by the way, you want that. I don't want a bunch of just finesse. We need some guys who going to stick their nose in there. We need some guys who going to catch some thirds and eights. We need some guys who are going to house people on the edge. Gibson, the house is the guy on the edge when, when Drake scores his touchdown, right? We need receivers that are going to say, I'm going to go be a dude. I'm going to go be a team guy. And I'm going to go be a stud who's a diva. Guys, there's got to be a little bit of diva in there. If you want a really great receiver, the only great receiver that I know we've had that didn't have no diva to him was Mark Layton. All the rest of them had some diva. Malcolm Kelly has some diva. Ryan Boyles has some not Not diva in the sense of like like a bad player, but just like that little aura of like, I'm not dude. CD and, 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 and Hollywood for sure had it. Kenny Stills had it, right? I like guys who play with that edge of confidence just on the on the cusp of cocky. And I want to see if, if these guys are going to start to do that. Drake kind of has a little bit of sauce to him. You know what I'm saying? He's been in the program a long time. He's a grown-ass man these days. Um, proud of those guys. Drake was my Gorilla Nuts. Um, and Jaden Gibson was, was Barry's Gorilla Nuts. At the receiver position, I think those guys are playing substantially better. Look what happens when you get experienced veteran coaching. The tight end position, you know, Stog is a guy who I think, again, switching the philosophy, he's going to be much more of an impact. Guys, when we went to the fourth quarter and we were kind of going towards that, we're not kind of, we went towards a man blocking concept. Guys, he was sticking his nose in there. He was, he was getting physical with those backers on the second level and pinning down on the DN. All right. That's a place where I think Stoggs can feel good about himself and have a lot of success. Um, it was good to see. Right. Some of that happened. Stoggs is a guy who's been with us for a while and he, you know, he's 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 taken his uh, his lumps and he left and came back because he wanted to become a sooner. And he deserves to go out uh, as a guy who's a contributor and, and has a has a place on the team. And so it was good to see that.
I think he had a good game. A lot of people like, he played terrible. Like, listen, guys, if you're expecting Stocks to be Andrews or expecting him to be Gresham or expecting him to even be Willis of last season, like, that's not what he is. Uh, we said this early in the year, but did you guys notice we went to more little Y? You guys saw Freeman and Drake in the game, the certain aspects of the game, right? So the coaches understand that he's a, a mismatch in terms of the passing game, right? He's not going to go out there and beat backers consistently or, or, you know, outrun safeties. So they're going to a little Y. But man, inline blocker, right? Support uh, to the offense. He, he, he did a good job Saturday, especially in the second half. You cannot discredit that. It is what it is. I want to see him do it again next week. I think he's finding a niche. I think the philosophical change by Lebby is going to have a huge impact on the offensive line. It's going to have a huge impact on our tight end. And our running backs are going to have more daylight. Just just a hunch. We'll see if that happens, if that, if that flushes out. But that's what I'm thinking. Um, I'm thinking about our defensive line. And I, I, again, I go back to coaching. You can't hate that whatever Miguel Chavis and Bates are doing, the D-line is buying. I, I, I just look at the beginning of the year and watch the film versus the film now. And our guys are disruptive. They're penetrating. They're winning 1v1. There are a lot of guys who are, you know, like you talk about report cards, really good. 82, 83, 84, right? Downs is a guy you got to give him credit, man. He had six tackles. He had a couple of TFLs and a sack. And he didn't do the ignorant thing, right, that he did against Texas. I don't. I mean, I get it, OU fans, right? Like, we want to embarrass Texas as many ways as we can. But I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't really feeling the whole taunting thing because that's not our swag. We don't have to, like do it like that that's not how we do it we just beat your ass and let you know we beat your ass like we beat your ass between the whistles we out physical you between the whistles i might say a few things to you but i'm not getting in your face hot dogging because it's a risk of a penalty and of course he got away with it but guess what Kanick didn't we'll talk about backers in a second Kanick didn't i guarantee you monkey see monkey do Kanick saw him do it last week and saw all the praise on twitter and all the memes on twitter and all the excitement people got guess what Kanick got caught red-handed and it and it nullified a beautiful it would have been another uh goal line stand right you are what you eat you are your culture and and downs did it last week uh but he played well uh, Roy on a couple of plays. Guys, if you go back and watch the film, he's so, he's so turned around on a few plays. He's literally the edge container and he's facing the wrong direction as they're running a, an end around with the blockers right behind him. We can laugh now because we won the game and I'm sure they're going to laugh at it in film. Uh, but otherwise he played well. Very physical on the edge. He shortens the porch. Uh, he, he consistently gets pressure and he likes to do it going through his man. Uh, man, I like what I'm seeing out of Terry. Uh, Cole had a couple big plays. Kelly was out there being disruptive. Leilao had a had a great play on the screen. He sniffs it out, stays lateral to the line of scrimmage, and goes out and gets the running back in the backfield. That defensive line is one you can win with. RMT looks like he's closer to his uh, form of last year in terms of explosion, which is a big deal for us. Uh, PJ was kind of non-existent this game. Um, Strickling was... Strickling, uh, Strickland, Stripling was partly responsible. I know I'm over here making names up. Was partly responsible for that first big play. He's getting a field chasing glory instead of doing his technique and keeping the air tight on the edge of the line of scrimmage. And of course, Canick doesn't do any favors. Uh, linebackers, the first thing they teach you how to do is to scrape. 
right? If Canick simply scrapes, even if he doesn't make the tackle, he flattens the running back out. He creates more angles for the defense to be able to recover. Doesn't scrape, gets swallowed up, and they're out the gate for their first big play of the game, the 57-yard run that basically got their momentum after we dominated the first um, seven or eight minutes of the game. Speaking of backers, Stunts continues, continues to play well. He's an all-conference. I think he's already locked up all-conference. I think that's without question he's going to get that accolade. He's had some big play. I think he had a pick six against uh, 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 Sensi, and he had some big plays, obviously. Uh, he's got the cigar you know, picture against Texas. I mean, he's, he's had some big-time plays in conference, and, of course, his preseason was really good, too. Um, he's an all-conference guy. Cusp of All-American. 12 tackles, playing on the opposite side of the line of scrimmage, playing fundamentally sound. He's playing his way into being a guy who's going to get drafted third, fourth round on Sunday. Uh, he comes back next year potentially and, and continues to do it two years in a row. He's a second rounder. He runs a 4.65 or faster, 4.63 or faster. Right? Stunts is a guy who he, he has an opportunity now to go play on Sunday for a while if he continues it up. Um, Saturday is going to be a big challenge for him, especially if Daniels plays. Uh, Desan's a guy who I think he's a specialty player. He's really good going forward. He's, he's, he, he has a knack, right? He's long and he makes tackles in space. You just concern yourself as if you put him in coverage, right? How he's going to bear out there. It'll be interesting to see what they do with him this offseason. I wouldn't be surprised if they put 10, 12 pounds on him and let him be a true edge defender. That, that could be something in his future. Or if they bump him to a Willie backer, right? He's got some flexibility. But we'll see. I, I think he's a back. I've said it all along. All these people talking about cheetah this, 15 yards off the line of scrimmage. We've been saying it since since before fall camp. He's a backer. And he's played the part uh, since he's been on campus. Guys, Kanek, it's, it's another one. There are things about Kanek that drive me crazy because I am the technically fundamentalist. I'm a fundamentalist when it comes to especially linebacker or running back. Those are positions where if you do your job, it will generally lend to you having success. Um, but Canik, Canik does a lot of things well, especially moving forward and chasing the football. If you watch the film, Coach Run blitzes him after the first quarter 60-70% of the time. And I think it's really smart. It, 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 it takes away his need to think he knows what gap to cancel and then to go chase the ball. And it doesn't put him in a position where he's in mud while everyone else is moving, right? He gets to play fast from the from the whistle. It's smart coaching. It is absolutely smart coaching. And it's been effective the last couple of games. Um, I had heard that he might have the his position be uh, one where he might lose some reps and be more of a a 1A, 1B guy where he's sharing reps. But I think, you know, 13 tackles last week and then six more this week and playing behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, and, and just every game getting more comfortable. I get it. I get it. We're in the middle of the season. I'm not going to sit here and talk crap and critique. Off season, I'm going to get on his ass. All season, we'll look at the film and say, yo, this is this is not good enough. Man, that was amazing. Man, that was awesome. But that one, that ain't good enough. In season, we're 7-0. and Hey, son, get coached up well, play fast, play physical, play student brand of football. Um, I'm still a Kip fan. I love the play he has on the kickoff return or kickoff, excuse me. They try to run the throwback, and he's one of two guys on the entire third of the field. And he literally does what you would want a backer to do. He keeps one shoulder free. He limits the, the ability of the, the return man to get outside, and then, boom, he crosses his face and makes a tackle.
textbook, right? It, it, can, it continues to confirm for me if he were playing back or what he could potentially do. He's got to go earn it in practice. The secondary, um, some good, some bad. Um, Woody was surprising in his past interference that that's he didn't need to do that. He knew where he had the guy. To me, it felt like one of those plays where we had early in the year gotten away with some of that stuff, and we were like, ooh, that's 50-50, right? That was one where maybe it wasn't even a bad jack. He kind of just jacked him once or twice, but he's a yard out of bounds. Don't even touch him at that point. Just kind of stand next to him and let him know, yay, bro, I got you. We gave him some momentum with that. Um, I went into big detail on the on the post game pod about who I felt was at fault on the RPO where they score the 86 yard touchdown, the 84, whatever it was. It's very likely that Billy was more responsible than than Woody, um, especially if they were in a cover two. But gosh, dang, carry it a little bit. I know you don't expect your safety to just crash down, right? When you're actually in the flats, there's no one to block you. So you, you really could have made the play. And he might get six or seven yards because he had an inside angle. But Billy's is, is deep half. You've got from the middle of the field to the sideline and, and somebody running up the numbers, that's your guy. Um, needless to say, who knows what the rule was. It could have been, hey, carry if your guy shows or goes. So I don't know. Uh, but, but Woody's played better. Gentry's played better. Gentry's had better games. Um, Billy's eyes are inconsistent. Sometimes he's right where he needs to be and he's killing shit. Other times, I don't know where his eyes are. He's following the ball, not the man, and he's he's ending up out of position. Um, again, a guy who absolutely we want him back. He's a guy who should and could play on Sundays. Got to clean some things up, get a little bit more confident. Um, key, man, there's always one or two plays where he's just – he just flat misses. Um, but he did some good things as well. He's a guy who I think having an enforcer like that on the back end who can, I guess I shouldn't call him an enforcer. It's not like he's killing people. But just a presence. I think he's a presence and he's smart. I don't know if you guys saw, but on the, the play where the guy gets 57 yards, he, he's trying to punch the ball out. He's right there trying to punch the ball out on the running back right there as he's trying to go into the end zone. Um, our DBs can play better. Vickers came in and had a couple issues. Dolby had some really good plays and then had some issue plays. He and uh, Dayson are going back and forth. McCullough, those guys are swept, swapping in a coverage, a coverage cheetah or nickel. Dolby's in. And then, of course, the third backer type, Dayson's in. Uh, but from a secondary standpoint, probably not our worst game. Iowa State comes to mind for worst. But with the way they played against Texas, which was very physical um, and very fundamental, uh, this game, we, we, we had some some issues, some glaring issues that I think uh, we need to fix. Um, <clears throat> defensive philosophy. Just like I talked about Levy, I think it's I think it's good. That we have coaches that are adapting their game plans to their players. Hey, I've got a young pup at middle backer. He struggles when he has to think he literally sits there and blinks his eyes where everybody else is playing let's run fit him let's give him simple run fits to cancel blocks and if there's no one there to run right through and be a disruptor i like it like i think that is you know what i'm saying that is using the cards you have and playing them to your advantage versus trying to stick a square peg into a round hole 
uh, from a defensive standpoint, I also like the way we rally. I like the physicality. We we play physical. We're trying to go out there with bad intentions. Um, things are things are in a space where here's what here's what we know. It's attractive to recruits. Recruits are attractive. They like what they see. I like what I see, and and our record says, hey, there's more success coming. Um, what are my thoughts? My thoughts are Kansas. Guys, Kansas is a big game. Kansas is going to be a tough opponent. Kansas has good skill players. And we are not good at running the football. So we're not going to be able to just hang our hat on, you know, playing keep away, beating them up, bully ball, and third and fourth quarter, they crumble. Unless this man scheme works and we add some additional concepts, Dylan's going to have to be uh, a gunslinger. The receivers are going to have to consistently win and Levy's going to have to dial stuff up. Now, do I think we should or could run the football against them? I do. Um, I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say we have the longest run of the season, this game. If Sawchuck gets the lion's share of the carries, I think he breaks 140-plus yards for a touchdown. <laughs> I do. He's got that type of talent. Uh, but Kansas is going to present problems. Whether it's Bean, I think is the backup's name, or it's Daniels. Uh, quarterbacks who can run and throw, and both of those guys can run and throw, and both of them can beat you with their arm or their mind. It's going to be interesting <clears throat> to see how our defense responds. I wouldn't be surprised to see um, Kanick in a lot of spy scenarios where he's chasing down inside out. Uh, so he doesn't have a lot of responsibilities in the pass game. And it'll be interesting to see how much cover two we play versus cover four. I, we generally don't play a ton of one, right, or even man for that matter. <clears throat> Excuse me. I want to see if we're gonna if the if the if the corners are gonna bail or if the corners are gonna stay in the flats. It'll be interesting to see how that all flushes out. Ten dots, what I'm thinking. We've got seven wins. Last year we didn't have seven wins. We've got zero losses. Last year at this time I think we had four losses. Sooner Nation, we have gotta be excited about the head the direction our, our program is headed. Like I feel so good about where we're headed, I don't even need to talk about that other guy in LA anymore. We know that they've made mistakes. We know that they are not up to par. And it's like really it's up to us to just continue to win for us. Let's put blinders on. Right. Let's stay one week at a time. Let's go one and oh every week. Let's go win the quarter. Let's go win the play. I know I'm doing all these cliches, but guys, this is what you've got to do. The end of November uh, of this uh, October and into November, you got to play smart. You've got to play physical and you can't get ahead of yourself. You got to take the play in front of you and dominate it. Right. We beat Kansas. We're eight. No, I think we got O State and. And BYU and some other chicken little school, whatever, you know, on the schedule, there's no reason we can't get to 11 wins. Like, we need to be talking about 11 wins. In order to get to 11, first got to get to 8. In order to, before we get to 9, we got to get to 8. Before we get to 10, we got to get to 9. Right? And so, it's in front of us. We got West Virginia on the schedule, too. I think it's West Virginia, Kansas, uh, Oklahoma State. And BYU. Like, those are four winnable games. All we got to do is take it one play at a time. Take it one play at a time. And as I wrap up, 
uh, with 10 thoughts, my 10 thoughts or what I'm thinking about this week. I don't know if I did 10 or 11 today. Who cares, right? But before I close, I just want to let you guys know we deserve to be here. Put your chest out. Put your chest out a little bit. We don't need to get cocky, right? We got some we got some some scores to settle. There's been all these rumors and, and hee-hawing about, oh, Oklahoma knows how to get there, but they choke. We'll see. I got to be honest with you. Wasn't nobody talking about choking when I was playing for OU. There wasn't no Choklahoma. You know, they was talking about big game, Bob. Give us a big game. And, and Brennables is playing better in the bigger games. Year two, I'm seeing a lot of the same things and a lot of the changes, a lot of parallels to our year two, 23 years ago. All right, and so I, I'm interested to see, guys. For me, Kansas is the biggest game left on the schedule. We'll see how we come out and play. We'll see what we do. My my bias opinion is that we win this game by 10 or more points. I want to see the defense get back to dominating on the scoreboard and not giving up easy plays. I want to see the offense <clears throat> run the football. Guys, this is DMAC giving you guys my 10 thoughts. I appreciate you guys for spending some time with me today. Guys, go subscribe to the Barry and Mac Show. Go check out Sooners360.com if you want to hear the most high-level X's and O's conversation about Sooner football that, that's out there. And continue to support Twitter. I appreciate you guys for supporting my Twitter. You guys make it fun. Uh, I try to, I try to, you know, mix it between serious stuff and 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 Sooner related stuff, um, but also keeping it light and making fun of some of our opponents, especially Texas. The underscore Mac 13 at Twitter, if you're wondering. Uh, but guys, have a great evening. I look forward to seeing you guys again. Super grateful to be a Sooner. You guys are the best fan base in America. God bless.